Hi. Hi. Welcome to Hotter Practice. Artist Evan Poltrine with us. He is LA based, and I would like him to tell us a little bit about himself. Okay. Um, yeah, Evan Trine. My studio is in East LA. Um, I got my MFA from Claremont in 2015. Um, I show with Roberts Projects here in Culver City, um, and I live in Long Beach. And <clears throat> I make. Um, I guess it would be photographic work if you had to categorize it. Um, I use printer and I use paper and, and the camera often um, or photographic source material, but um, I don't often take photos myself. They're just usually the sort of the initiation of all my work somehow ties back to photography. Um, so I think... I think I've I've landed on saying something along the lines of I use photography exclusively in my work, but I'm not a photographer. So there we go. So we are talking about luck today um, and like what it means in terms of like the art world, art practices, art careers, all life. Um, and we would love to know what it means to you because I kind of, I got, duped by your seven shows and that's how I was like oh I've got to talk to Evan because this is like a crazy amount of luck because you did a conceptual art project online where you had seven museum shows open on the same day and I honestly I believe that you are so lucky and such a hard worker and have as much work that could constitute seven shows I was like oh yeah this makes sense this is great. This is like amazing. Yeah. Even though I hadn't seen anything that you posted working up to it. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be like a, like a mysterious thing. I talk to Robert's projects regularly. I've been trying to place your work in a office that got you know right. closed. Um, <laughs> nobody told me, but I was like, yeah, this, this tracks, this is, this is a, this is a thing. Um, and then when we talked, I was like, so I got to have you on. And then you're like, no, this isn't real. Alexis, you didn't read the, or listen to our interview that I did with myself. Um, and then I was like, oh, but then this is even like more brilliant because then you kind of made your own luck, but also like, what does it say about you and your practice that I believed it? I don't know. So let's talk about all of these things. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So the, the seven exhibitions um, project, you know, I, I had no expectation that that was going to be taken seriously by anybody. And certainly wasn't my intention to like dupe anybody. It was, I, I took it as initially, um, well, the, the header, the first post that I did on that was, you know, there's this fake art forum headline that says, I've been trying to open seven exhibitions on, or seven exhibitions worldwide on the same day. <laughs> which I thought of that as a phrase as being so absurd and hilarious that I was like, Oh, clearly, clearly everyone will understand just from that, that whatever is going to follow is a satire. It's a commentary on the art world as a whole. Um, but a lot of people said something similar to you where they're like, they're just like, 
Well, I mean, like, I guess I could see it happening and it makes sense that he didn't post about it. Cause if it's supposed to be just, and I was just like, wow. Okay. That's not, I, okay. I don't know what to do with that. Um, but yeah, so then I rendered all this work into, you know, the Whitney and the hammer and a bunch of other galleries around the world. And, um, the sort of the purpose of that was to talk about at least certainly so like a month ago when those came out, everybody was still totally locked down. Nothing was open. Nobody was having shows. All the museums were closed. So it was supposed to be, um, this sort of reality shift. Everybody was doing podcasts and Instagram live interviews and, uh, you know, Instagram walkarounds of their show, nothing was real, everything was virtual. So, uh, and freeze had just happened and all of the booths were digital and, you know, nobody was, there, there was no physical fare. Um, and so just thinking about reality and like what is real and what isn't real and who gets to decide. And I thought, well, if I render my work very photorealistically um, into all of these spaces, who's to say that these aren't real? And not as a legitimate actual question, more just posing the concept there. Like clearly they aren't real. Clearly the Whitney is not involved in this project whatsoever. But um, so yeah, did that, released all those shows all on Instagram because another thing I had talked to an artist friend of mine who was like, man, this actually taps so much more into the like, art world, social media anxiety of like this comparison and jealousy and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that's actually really funny and unintended, but you know, it was only all released on Instagram. So that was, I, I didn't talk to any of these galleries or museums. This was only going to exist on Instagram for people on Instagram. And um, it ended up, you know, people really, bought into it a lot. So then I realized, okay, at the end of this, I need to explain that this is a project, not just some like self-promotion or I wasn't trying to trick people because slowly some people were, you know, I didn't disclose it to anybody unless they like texted me or something directly like, wow, this is incredible. And I was just like, okay, thanks man. That's cool. But like, these aren't real shows. Um, I appreciate the support. I don't know how anyone believes this, but, um, but, uh, so then I did the interview with myself to explain how it's just a conceptual project, um, you know, about sort of about what all of my work is about, which is the legibility of photographs and the power of images. And in a time when nothing is existing in the real world, our whole world was photographs for a couple months. That's how we were experiencing everything digitally. So yeah, that was all of that. So I would say how luck sort of fits into that conversation. Um, I, one of the dealers from one of the galleries, the galleries in Copenhagen, um, he saw the project. Cause again, I didn't contact anybody from any of these galleries or institutions like I had the ability to anyway, but right. no, like nobody Andy knew Philbin. about that. I'm going to exactly. just real quick on the hey, hammer. FYI, <laughs> get coming in just so you know. Now, um, I 
he saw it and he loved it and he was like, hey, this is brilliant. Can you can you make some more renderings of like the rest of the space, like finish the show and we'll do it as like a virtual show? <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> I, I, not to say that that wasn't the eventual hope that like somebody, I, I obviously I handpicked these galleries and institutions that, I mean, the, the museums, that's just a whole different thing. But the galleries are like, oh, no, these are galleries that I would love to show with. And certainly, like, if I do some insane little project like this, at some point, maybe they'll come across it just in the sense of, like, I tagged them in it. And the intern who runs the Instagram might be like, hey, what is this? Um, so he loved it. He ran the show online. Um, asked me for like a price list and sizes for all the works, which is hilarious because the works didn't exist. They're all <laughs> digital renderings. Like they're not, I don't even have them in my studio to begin with. Right. Um, so, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I have a friend who shows at one of the galleries in New York, Ben Doran Waxter, and he um, messaged me and was like, Hey man, uh, essentially said, Hey man, some of the directors of the gallery are pretty pissed about this. Um, and, uh, and he's like, I'm, they asked me if I knew you. And I said, yes. And I tried to explain it to him and they don't really get it because they're a little older. And, uh, anyway, I so I guess it backfired a bit. He said the young director, there's a young director there and he totally gets it and he thinks it's funny. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that was, kind of a funny on a separate note that's really interesting okay. to me that like people like they're still trying to control the digital space as well as the physical space mm -hmm. you know it's yeah, just even though they're like the generational or just like no we have to control yeah. and it's like this is what happens when you put things into the digital world right and i think a big part of it i think they were like is he trying to have a show here or I don't know what they were thinking, but I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't think anybody, once they understand it, it's not like, Oh, congratulations. I'm going to add this to my CV that I had a show at Van Doren Waxer. Like, of course I'm not going to do that. Um, but, but I think because you read it and I'm assuming so many other people read it as real and then associated the luck with that, like, Oh my gosh, what a crazy thing for all this to happen also for all this to happen while we're all self-isolating and right, nothing's I think open that was a little bit part of it is like oh my god he's so lucky and like all of the work but also like oh this is some bad luck too so it's like tempered it's not sure. just all of this like super high level good luck of like you guys did this and you made it happen like internationally and all of this great press and then because you also did like christopher knight how you at the la times like you did some really good Stop. Yeah, and that was funny, and I didn't, and I, and I wasn't sure if any of those critics, because I tagged them all in him too, wasn't sure if any of the critics were going to be like, "Hey, what, what is this? Why did you put my name on this?" Um, but, but Jerry Saltz did DM me and was just like, "What is this?" Because I, <laughs> I had an article that he wrote, and and I knew that I mean he probably gets like a hundred DMs a day, so I was like, I saw that he was online right then, and so I was like, oh, I have to respond right now or he's not going to see this. So I didn't yeah. have time to like write a response. I was just like, uh, it's just a project about like fake stuff. And I hope you like it, whatever. And then he just responded cool with a heart. And I was like, all right, good enough, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, 
the so so just the whole thing of like oh my gosh how lucky that Evan could have gotten this I think that was what spoke to this art world anxiety thing um a friend of mine Julian he said something along the lines of um you know the art world social media world it's all about you know uh creating this con of yourself and of your career but it's supposed to be self-promotional and it's supposed to be legitimate in the sense that you're supposed to convince people that all of these great things are happening to you or heighten them or elevate them using your language or whatever he said um but you're never supposed to do that in jest you're never supposed to do that as a joke he's like and it's so inappropriate in a really good way um because it just points to the absurdity of this perpetual like like oh my gosh so grateful to all the curators who put this together like the language that was this very formal um sort of really common language that you see versus what artists would normally say which would just be like fuck yeah stoked i finally got a show after eight years of working my ass off and nobody paying attention uh, i deserve this and what like you know what i mean it's always just like gratitude and you know fire emojis and praise hands and you know it's just yeah i i just had fun playing with that but um yeah that was that was fun i guess i guess then the next set of luck or unluck would be uh there's a friend of mine who runs a big um art instagram page um like 200,000 followers and he saw the shows and he was like oh this is so interesting i really want to show all of these shows on the page successively like how i did release them i was going to say that i didn't think that it's that absurd because there's this element of performative performance art in it so i don't know i think like when we go this is not the most accurate thing to say but i think that when we touch upon the idea of performance i mean hi paul mccarthy sure you know what i mean so it's like Matthew Barney, it's like, there, is it that absurd? Because like, if you've actually seen any of that, those, like, I don't know if it's like absurd is the correct word, but I think it's really, it's like, is it man-made luck? Is it good luck? Is it bad luck? Like it really, right. it makes me question that because, you know, it's like what you were saying that people would say, oh, I worked my ass off for eight years to get here, but look, at the same time is you worked your ass off and it's almost like the stars need to align in order for people to see you and your work to make sense with whatever is happening in the market in order for it to be shown so you can yeah. whatever you know like be signed by a gallery or sell stuff so sure. i don't know if it's like that absurd like i think it's like now that you've explained it i'm like yes that makes a lot of sense it's like you know what's absurd cooking in the museum but that's a right. thing right yeah i yeah I, I just since you guys invited me to do this i've been thinking about luck in the context of the art world and um and thinking sort of if luck exists 
or if it's something that we label um, someone else's really hard work for a long time, uh, and then their their connections, which is also really hard work, like networking is really hard and building up your work mm -hmm. and inviting people into the studio and getting the right people into the studio. And so, so when somebody has a breakthrough, we label that as luck so that we don't let ourselves down because we've been working hard, but we haven't gotten our breakthrough yet. And then conversely, if we call it luck, then we can say when after 10 years, nothing's happened because we haven't really been working that hard, we just go, oh, I'm just unlucky. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it's, it's a, it's a good um, sort of linguistical cop out of just saying like that, like, like, Oh, I've, I've just been unlucky or, Oh, they just got really lucky instead of no, you didn't actually work very hard for very long and you kind of gave up and they worked really hard and did all the really uncomfortable stuff and the stuff that most people hate doing or certainly most artists like going to openings and introducing yourself to people and like inviting people to your studio and all the really difficult stuff and like doing it perpetually forever for years and years and years you know i just think about the like the i think it's the Karita kent thing where she just said the only rule is work like the like there's plenty of rules to the art world, but the only rule is work and work hard. Um, and so as far as like creating your own luck, <clears throat> again, I think luck is just potentially a good term to use when it's convenient for if you, if someone else has been working harder than you and they get something that you know. I think that's really interesting because I've been, it kind of touches back on the Instagram, like stunting that you were talking about with your friend that like, you know, we kind of have this, all of us have this kind of performative aspect of like what we're doing on Instagram because I know all oh, yeah. this stuff on Instagram and I'm like, look how amazing it is. And then it's, you know, behind it's like MacGyvered with chewing gum and like a paperclip. Sure. Um, but, and it's because we've been in quarantine and I've been on social media way more than I should. And I see other people and I see what they're doing. And I think that, you know, they're doing more than I am or they're luckier than I am. And then I think, no, cause I don't know what the work is that they're doing. And sure. then conversely, I also think that there are probably people who look at my feed and are like, she's so lucky that she's doing what she's doing and they don't know the work that I put into it. So exactly. even though I feel, cause there's always going to be someone higher than you. Right. right. Um, even though like, I feel like I'm doing, you know, if I really take a step back and I'm happy about my career and I feel like I'm doing good work and you know, I have a lot, lot of time ahead of me, you know, there, of course there are people who are younger than me that are doing more. Of course there are people right. who are older than me who are doing more. Of course there are people my same age who are doing more, or at least it feels like yeah. it. And I have no idea what they've built up to, to have those things going on. And, you know, some of it might be that like, their neighbor growing up happened to be, you know, somebody, drop a name, any name, you know? Larry Gagosian. Right. But at the same time, if you're not the person who can impress Larry Gagosian with something, and he's, right. you know, you can know him all day long and be invited to every dinner he's at. And if you're not going to catch his eye, then, or his brain, then it's not going to matter. Right. So like, for instance, I always think about, since we talked about how when you met 
Bennett Roberts. And he was like, yeah, so that artist is right. Yeah. I was, uh, that was grad open studios of my second year. And, um, I, I was in a little side gallery that I installed a, a sort of an installation in, and I was just standing in there with a friend. Um, and we were just chatting about something and Bennett walks in and I'd never met him. Um, and he had a piece of paper that had all of the work from the installation in the main gallery. And he had circled my piece and my name. And he just kind of walked in and was like, you guys know who this artist is? Uh, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's me. And he, he just like so straight to business was just like, um, great. Would you like to show me to your studio? And I said, okay. And as we're walking, he's like, my name's Bennett. Do you know who I am? And I was like, no. And he said, okay, I'm with Robert's or at the term at the time, Robertson Tilton gallery. Um, and, uh, walked upstairs into my studio and he was just like, wow, this is fantastic. I love the work paid me, uh, paid me in cash for three pieces. And which was just like insane. I was just like, who are you? And then he said, deliver these to the gallery next week. And I said, okay. Uh, and then walked back downstairs to my like stunned or like my girlfriend and my family. And I was just like, what just happened? Anyway, next week, go deliver the work to the gallery. And he goes, um, all right, so we, we'd like you to do a show with you in February you know, like six months later. And I was just like, what the hell? Like I, and also being really my first experience in like the proper art world outside of school, I was just like, I guess this is how it works. Um, and then meeting collectors and friends and people who have known Bennett for a long time and being like, Oh, I don't, he doesn't do that. Like he doesn't just go all in on somebody. Like he does it slow for years and he's like, and group show and maybe a piece at a fair and maybe another group show and maybe eventually a solo show. And maybe if that goes well, maybe a second solo show. And after 10 years, maybe you'll be on the roster. Um, but he just like went all in mm-hmm. and I was just like, that's so bizarre. And I don't really, I don't know why, but that's again, I would say the luck of being like, he happened to ask me, do you know who this artist is? That's just coincidental. At some point he would have found somebody who'd been like, yeah, that's Evan. He's upstairs. This is his studio number or whatever. But um, I just thought, yeah, that's just a funny, crazy thing. And then I, I, I talked to young artists a lot about just like, Hey, how do you connect with a dealer and how do you, you know, establish those relationships? And I was like, Oh, I can't help you, man. Like I had the dumbest situation. He just walked up and was like, Hey, I love your work. Here's a bunch of money. Let's do a show. I'm like, that's not how it works. That's not how it actually happens. And I think it actually, uh, in the time since has been a little bit of a detriment. Cause I'm like, I don't actually know how to connect with other dealers now, um, in other cities or even like establish these connections. Cause I didn't really have to do any of that work at the beginning. Um, and so I'm now like, doing the hustle a couple years late of being like, Oh, that actually didn't hand me everything. I still need to like really work hard to like meet curators and get them into the studio and to meet other artists to organize group shows. And, um, I need to travel to other cities and somehow get into those galleries and talk to directors at those galleries while there are 10 million artists in New York city 
who are trying to do the same thing. And like, you know, so anyway, it's wild and it's an interesting process, but I, I still goes, I think it still comes back to um, just like work and putting in the work. And then if you want to call it luck in hindsight, then that's fine. I think that's such a good story though, because it's like, um, there's a, I don't know. I, re I remember when I was younger and I would like cry to my mom and be like, Oh, no one loves what I do. And I, I put like so much work into it. And, um, and I think, you know, like as an adult, you sort of look at the situation and it's like, even if somebody picks you up now, who is to say that you're going to have a long career? Like, right. how are you ever going to safeguard yourself to have that? And just because you have to work for 20 years in order for you to go and get picked up by somebody, you might have a long lasting career for the rest of your life. Like you never know how these things work. And I right. think that is such a good story because I think when we go to art school, we have this fantasy, like, you know, you have the ultimate story and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh wait, actually I have no idea how to do this now. Whereas like, yeah. Exactly. I've done so much of what it is that you've said. It's like asking for the collector to show up and then getting them into the studio and having the curator to come in and like see how you fit in with them and then like understanding right. like whether you fit in and establishing those relationships. And it's like, it sets up this, this foundation, whether you ever get picked up or you don't, but at least you've learned the skills to network and to really thoroughly understand the structure of it. Right. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's a bad luck. Maybe I like, you know, have to go and make my own luck. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly it is that it just took me a couple years to realize like, oh, that one instance of we can call it luck uh, didn't actually open all the doors that my like, you know, untrained grad school mentality assumed it would. So then after a couple of years, I was like, oh, I actually have to, I actually have to like really keep doing this hustle a lot harder than I have been um, and start to develop all those skills, um, which is the main thing that when I do, you know, like uh, studio visits with grad students or uh, lectures and stuff, it's like um, really those practical skills of like that I'm still learning. Um, and really getting out of your comfort zone because like, oh my gosh, I just hate, I hate like just going to openings and just standing around by myself and being like, I really should go talk to somebody, just anybody and just say something, but I really don't you want to. Feels so I know, right? well. Or like if you're talking to, to someone and you're like, we're just not clicking and it's like, get oh. out of this conversation now. Also, well, guys, if you're new to the podcast, tune into episodes one through five because we talk about this a lot and it is hard work and right. it's always really good to hear someone else agree with us because it Everybody. is Every so single hard artist and awkward. I have a buddy, um, artist year, and he's brilliant at this. And I go, what do you do? He goes, I literally just walk up to somebody and say, hey, my, my name's artist year. And I'm like, what the hell? Because in my mind, I go, God, if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, I don't want to talk to you, man. But uh, it's like, we're all there. You could you, probably stand at a gallery and everyone's got a beer in their hand and everyone's alone wishing that they were talking to somebody. Exactly. Because if someone uh, did come up, like, 
outside of the gallery situation, it's like, oh my God, nobody, if you came up to me and was like, hey, I'm Evan, I'd be like, okay, creep. But <laughs> yeah, I don't care. If I'm at the gallery and I'm desperate to talk to anybody because I'm standing there by myself because nobody would roll with me and you're like, hey, yeah. I'm Evan, I'd be like, I'm Alexis. What do you think of the show? Thank God, Savior. Let's talk because about anything. Then, yes, because then all of a sudden, when I look around the gallery and I see the people who are talking to people, I go, oh man, they're fucking in. Mm -hmm. They're in somehow. And then when I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, hey, maybe somebody thinks I'm in, even though I'm not. And I'm, then I realize we're all faking it. What have you read and what have you seen and what have you watched this week? Um, this week? Oh, mm. gosh. Well, the last, the last couple weeks have just been really a blur. I think it's interesting because right now all the places where I would be seeing and reading about new things, I'm spending time to focus seeing and reading stuff that I wouldn't necessarily have been focusing on prior to a couple weeks ago. Um, and I think it's great. You know, I'm, I'm focusing a lot of time on um, trying to open up my mind to the realities of things that I hadn't been seeing before regarding race and and gender stuff specifically in the art world. I love a lot of my artist friends have been um, listing works, uh, you know, to auction off on Instagram to try and raise money, um, which is great. I did a, a little um, a little print that I was sending out as a postcard um, to sort of be a reminder for people to like, you know, the phrase I like to use is to keep your foot on the gas. Um, so I was, you know, saying if anybody donates any amount of money, send me the receipt and I'll send you this postcard of a print that you can hang somewhere that you'll see it regularly, like in the studio, on your fridge, in your bathroom, wherever, so that you can just keep a reminder like, hey, we got to keep this going, this conversation. Um, I got so one. I think I've been really, sorry. I got one. Oh, did you get yours? Cool. No, well, I haven't gotten um, it yet, but I, I know oh, okay. it's in the mail. <laughs> yeah. I, um... I, I've been really inspired by what um, artists have been doing along those lines. Again, a friend of mine who runs this Instagram page, he, he got a bunch of artists to donate work to be sold. Um, and then whoever buys it just donates the money straight to wherever they choose. So I actually bought a work from an artist, um, Patricia Bondi. She's a multimedia artist from Australia. She does these really layered... Um, sort of cardboard shape cutouts painted. They're these amazing, like, deep sort of sculptural wall hanging things. They're really cool. That's on its way here, which is awesome. Um, and she was brilliant. Just, you know, she's like, I love this cause. I'm going to pay for all the shipping and everything. So that's really exciting. Um, I'm looking around my house right now. I just, I just did a trade with... Um, Evan Nesbitt, who is an artist that shows at Robert's Projects with me. We have our shows that were delayed. They were supposed to open early March. They're opening now July 7th. He's in the main space and I'm in the project space. So he was just driving back home to his studio up in Northern California and was like, hey, I have a bunch of work that I'm taking back to the studio that I don't want. You want to do a trade? And I said, yes. So I've got this massive piece of his that I'm trying to find a place to put, which is I love doing trades with artists. Um, I love filling my house with art of my friends. Um, 
but yeah, I think I've been, I've been really uh, impacted and I love seeing what the art community is doing. The actual artists, not just like the bullshit, like museum that posted the black square and then they're continuing their shit. It's like, no, like people, like the artists are actually doing real stuff. And, uh, and really, I think, dominating this conversation, at least in LA, which is exciting. Okay. Can I ask you a quick question before I, uh, before mm -hmm. we go, do you think that this is my like interest? Do you think that like these kind of these museums and institutions and places that are, are posting those bullshit black squares, do you think that long-term people are going to remember and it's going to impact them? No. Like in change? Do you mean they're going to remember that they just had some empty, like, yeah. Had some empty platitudes and didn't really do much. Um, no, I don't think they'll remember that. I think it'll just be another piece of the system that really promised change. And then maybe we see some very, very, very incremental slight shifts that they can claim and no real change happens. Mm -hmm. You know, something like I'm, I'm certain we're going to see at the end of the year, uh, Museums coming out with a percentage of the artists that they acquired this year that were African-American or some bullshit yeah. and it's like and how you know that was 200% from the prior year and I'm like it was still 12 artists or right. whatever you know what I mean it's like I, I still don't think there's enough yeah um, like who's but, on your board what's actually exactly things like that I'm hopeful but not that hopeful that do think I think like 2021 is going to look really really great and then 2022 it might be business as usual so evan can you tell our listeners where they can find you yes um well i do have a show opening july 7th at roberts projects i think it'll be invitation i mean not invitation um reservation only yeah yeah appointment 30 minutes by yourself um my instagram is evan paul trine and uh, my website is evantrine.com i have I have those seven exhibitions up on the website. Oh, no, I don't, but I need to put them up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everything's on Instagram. Um, and and robertsprojectsla.com uh, is, is my gallery, and they've got a bunch of stuff there, too. Thank you so much. Super cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. <laughs>